Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, intelligent, extremely hardworking San Diego Padre love and wife and co-host, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. Been exciting. I, it has been exciting. I promise we won't be talking all about the Padres today, even though sometimes it takes over our social media accounts. <laughs> We have a very Disney-related topic for today, but we are in very good moods because of what happened last night. We can already just go ahead and say it. My favorite thing from this <laughs> week was last night that Padres beating the Dodgers and moving on to the National League Championship Series. Yeah, I already had something else planned, but then when that happened, it was like, well, that really should be <laughs> my favorite thing too. But. We'll touch more on that in a yeah. little bit. I promise it won't take over the episode, but we're just so darn happy that I had to lead off the show with it. Also, I know our good Hyperion Adventure Scott in Minnesota shares that thought. He is from San Diego as well. So. Yeah, it's exciting news. It is exciting. Thank you for joining us today. We are very excited that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there, we'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter. Please sign up for the newsletter. It's just another great way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. By the way, we are recording this episode. I skipped over it. I'm in such a good mood. <laughs> I skipped over it. We are recording this episode on Sunday, October 16th, 2022. Yes, the morning after the Padres had defeated the Dodgers <laughs> to move on to the National League Championship Series. I promise I'm not going to focus on it all show. I promise. Uh, sure, I sure. promise. I promise. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, please sign up for the newsletter. Um, Michelle's got some great stuff going out in the newsletter every single week. Michelle, you're doing a really good job. Oh, well, thank you. I'm trying to add things in that will be like um, top news stories or if there's deadlines to sign up for something. And uh, I think last one we had a sweepstakes people could participate in mm, for a... Not, not our own personal sweepstakes, but yes, a sweepstakes just the same. Right, exactly. So uh, yeah, you'll definitely want to check that out. Another great way to be involved with us is on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. That's right. Like I say every week, it's a fun group. It's a great group. And uh, if you're not on there, you're missing out on some, like Tom said, some wonderful positive fun. Yeah, we're all about positivity on this show. And that group is a Another great sort of offshoot of this show, right. just trying to share more positivity. Of course, Disney for sure, but just in general in everybody's lives and what's going on. That is a wonderful exactly. space uh, to do that. Also, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe. You'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. We always love hearing from you and any questions or topics you'd like to hear, deep dives you want, give us a shout. That's for sure. For sure. Even if you just want to say hi. Uh, we're happy to hear from mm -hmm. you in any way, shape, or form. Now, if you like this show, enjoy the show, and feel like, you know what? I wouldn't mind having a little swag for the show. And I'd also like to support the show because they give me some sort of at least a little piece of entertainment <laughs> once in a while. Well, there's a couple great ways to do that. One is just go straight to our Spreadshirt shop and check a look at some of the great swag items we have there, all sorts of different things, different logos, different colors, different items, all sorts of fun stuff, new stuff popping up every single week, stuff that you can actually uh, adapt to how you like it. Um, but if you want to find us there, just go to Spreadshirt.com and just do a search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast, or better yet, go to one of our social media profile pages, and we have a Linktree account right there. And if you go in there, there is a link straight to our Spreadshirt shop. Yeah, and uh, like we've said recently, they've added some new things. 
they have sales going on, uh, sometimes unannounced sales with free shipping or discounts. So it's worth uh, checking out even if you've gone there before. For sure. And if you don't see a discount there, just maybe wait a week or so because right. one will usually pop up at some point. Yeah. Uh, they, they happen uh, regularly. So definitely check that out for sure. Another uh, awesome way to be involved with the show is to become a Patreon member of the mm -hmm. show. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Hyperion Adventures podcast and find a tier that's right for you. We have tiers starting as low as $2 per month and you can get some swag out of it as well as maybe a shout out on the show. And Michelle is kind of trying to figure out some other things and ways we can get some of our Patreon members involved as well. And we appreciate everybody who's already become a Patreon member of this show. That's right. Yeah, we sent out, uh, as we mentioned last week, we sent out an email to our Patreons this week and inviting them if they want to do some input for an upcoming show. Uh, whether they want to, if you want to do that or you want to do it anonymously or just sit back and listen to the show, that's fine too. Yeah, we don't, we don't care what you, how you want to approach the show. We just appreciate you that you're there. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, being willing to become a Patreon member of the show. Thank you for everybody who listens to this show. We love you all. Right. We, we really appreciate you all. Now, before we get into this week's main topic, we've already started this, <laughs> this show because I couldn't <laughs> wait for it. But we always like to look back at the week that was and find out, you know, there were some interesting stuff. Sometimes there's some tough things. Weeks can be a little difficult. They can be a little tired. They can be a little exhausting. You work, you come home, whatever. But there's always seem to be these little gems that we like to pick out. As you know, we are the show of positivity. We like to pick out the positive moments and find out what our favorite thing was from the week that was. So, and when we do this, we always start with Michelle. Now, I think she's already mentioned hers a little <laughs> bit, but we're going to go back to her anyways, because you know, she has the best lists. <laughs> mm. She does the best research, as you're about to hear in a little bit, but she almost always has the best my favorite thing from this week. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week, aside from the Padres? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have one, but one thing I just want to point out is I, I feel right now, um, and for people, because we're not videotaping this, is it's kind of like a vintage show because our son is joining us here. Yes. Kind of is a blast from the past. We have a live studio audience. Yeah. And when we used to be in the, the actual studio uh, at the radio station with and that radio station actually existed. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of cool. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so you may hear some noises in the background, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but we're glad to have him back here uh, listening with us. Um, but my favorite thing this week that I had planned to talk about was the fact, uh, you know, and I mine tend to be with getting together with friends. And this week we had the honor and pleasure of getting to meet a friend that we've been interacting with who's been on this show for um you know but we've been interacting for a couple of years now been on the show in the past um but tony and his wife jen and their family um that we got to meet them in person over uh at the magic kingdom and so that was such a special moment yeah that was it really was and that was one of my other favorite things from this week for sure uh tony the disney dad and his wife jen and his entire family mm -hmm. his children um, they are just a beautiful, wonderful family yeah. that, um, are, are really special to us. They've been supporters of this show since, uh, the very beginning yes. and we finally got to meet them in person and they couldn't have been a nicer, warmer, right? sweeter people. And we are just so happy to do that. And we're looking forward to, uh, the future of getting to spend some more time with them as they come out and visit, uh, the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida in general. Yeah. I'm glad to see that they were having a great time, uh, fun, fun things going on at the parks at the, uh, in Disney Springs that they got to participate right. in. So cool, cool. And they also reciprocated by when uh, Tony actually wrote this on, I think it was on the Facebook group as well. He said, uh, in great Hyperion Adventures tradition, I have two best things of the week. An amazing Walt Disney World family trip. And 1A, that was one, 1A was finally meeting Tom and Michelle and family in Magic Kingdom, which yeah. was so special. So we all had a good time yes. in that, that, you know, it was short. It was only about like a, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes we got together, but it was really, really nice. I know. And also in Hyperion Adventures, um, you know, tradition is we forgot to get a picture. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I texted him later. I'm like, I can't believe we forgot to take a picture. I so know. next time we'll get yes. a picture for sure with this wonderful family. They are all so sweet. Um, as for my favorite thing from this week, I already mentioned it's it's that, it's the Padres. And that includes the Padres. Yes, you know, I mean, the Dodgers, beating the Dodgers 
I despise the Dodgers. <laughs> Beating the Dodgers is the pinnacle right now, right. so far. I mean, obviously, they're going to the National League Championship Series, playing the Phillies, playing Pat from the Conversations podcast, <laughs> Phillies. So there may be another wager coming up here mm. very soon. Um, you know, and if they were to survive that, then possibly a World Series, whatever. Let's not, you know, put the cart before the horse here. Right. I'm just happy that they got past this. But even looking back to last weekend, when we were last recorded, we didn't know if they were going to survive playing the Mets. Right. And they defeated the Mets. We won a bet with Mr. Frank Cardillo yes. of uh, Theme Actually, Park Thursday with Dillos Diz. No, we didn't know. I mean, they played Sunday night. We weren't sure what was going to happen when we uh. were, when we recorded that episode. So we just knew that they was tied it one apiece, and uh, we weren't sure what was going to be the finishing product of that. But yes, we won, and we won that bet. And uh, Frank has said that there's going to be some bagels coming to us very soon, some New York-style bagels, authentic New York-style bagels. So we are looking forward to sampling some of those very, yeah. uh, very soon. Some so Authentic um, New York bagels. Yes, yeah, so that's Sweet. fun. So and now I'm concerned about the wager I'm going to have to make with Pat. But yeah, you're on your own with that one. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. We'll see what happens with that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It's good to be you know, kind of in that friendly rivalry with you know, some of our favorite people out there in yeah. the uh, in the Disney Star Wars um, creator world that right. we have kind of found ourselves within. So uh, we did get one more listener of my favorite thing from this week. And this one was very exciting from early in the week. And this came from our friend Jonathan, who you may have heard on the show. Um, he said, this week just started, but I can tell you this will be my favorite thing of the week. Made it to round two of the planned Disney application process. So uh, that is great, Jonathan. They'd be lucky to have you yes. as a planned Disney member. Um, so excited for you. And I think they're just about to open up uh, round two, which if we if they're doing it as they've done it in the past, there's some more questions to answer. And there's a video. video. So. Uh -huh. Uh, that's exciting stuff. And we are rooting for you as we are rooting for everybody who's a prospective plan right. Disney uh, member because these people, they don't get paid anything outside of a vacation. Right. And, but they go out there and they help so many people plan their Disney vacations, whether it's uh, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, uh, right. Disney uh, Vacation Club. Uh, they are there to help answer your questions when you are trying to figure out how to approach uh, that sort of vacation. Right. And like you had, you know, you just said, and I know you posted it on Facebook in the group too, is that you They'd be lucky to have Jonathan yes. as part of that panel. So I think he'd good be, luck, Jonathan. He'd be outstanding. Yeah. Uh, many yeah. of you out there who are trying for it and made it to round two, even the ones that didn't make it through round one, you would be outstanding as well. But Jonathan, um, we know he'd be he'd be great. We know him personally. Yeah. And he'd be a fantastic, fantastic addition. So Disney, I know you're listening all the time to us. Just go ahead. <laughs> just pass him right through. Right, right. You go don't ahead. even have to wait for the video. Yeah, just, just, just go ahead and say, you know what? You're on not only to round three, but you're just on the panel. Now. Right, exactly. Go ahead. Just listen to us. Anyway, let's move on to this week's show. We now know when you'll be able to use Magic Band Plus at the happiest place mm -hmm. on earth. We'll tell you all about that. And we'll continue our tradition of making ourselves hungry during the show by sharing even more <laughs> Walt Disney World Resort menu additions. But enough about all that. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. all know Disney is hitting a big milestone this year. Yes, we're still in the midst of the 50th anniversary <laughs> celebration of Walt Disney World Resort. We just had the 40th anniversary celebration for Epcot. Right. But there's an even bigger celebration going on starting off. It's actually kicking off in the parks at Disneyland in January. Mm -hmm. So we thought we'd kind of take some time and through several episodes Look at Disney at 100, you know, what are the 100 years like of this Walt Disney company that we love so very much? And when we do these things, well, you know, we're going to go back to Michelle because <laughs> face it, you know, she has the best lists, you know, she has the best mm -hmm. tips, but she definitely does the best research. So this is going to be some fun stuff. Whenever Michelle does a research piece, 
We always <laughs> find out something new. I know I do. I'm pretty sure you do. Um, cause it's, she just does such great work. Well, with it. So I can't you. wait to hear about this. And so Michelle, where are we starting this look at Disney at 100? Okay. So kind of like you said, it's, it's, going to be a pretty big milestone and actually today the day we're recording this is the 99th birthday of the company and so we thought since we're kicking off on the actual beginning of the 100 year celebration uh, we do a a monthly series just um, you know some of it will be looking at certain decades there's going to be some things that are kind of um, like today it's it's more uh, topic based um, but trying to go a little linear in, in getting to the 100th anniversary on October 16th of 2023. Mm, looking forward to finding yeah. out more about that for sure. <laughs> so today uh, we're going to kick off by looking back at some of the early influences and how it impacted getting the start to the company. Um, you know, and I know that there's been a lot of things out there on, you know, like, uh, on Imagineering and, you know, different, different, um, documentaries on Disney plus that have gone through that, uh, topic and some things that we've presented in the past too, but, um, you know, try to have, like you said, trying to find some things that are a little bit more unique that you might not have heard of so that it's not just the same old history story that you might have already been familiar with. But I still like the same old history story. (laughs) I love hearing the history of Disney. And like I said, Michelle will dig out, I'm sure this, she's already kind of Leaded, led to this that she has kind of dug out some stuff. There's going to be some stuff that I've never heard before, and I can't wait to find out what it is. Oh, so. thanks. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. So, um, you know, these are maybe some of the lesser known influences uh, of Walt and Roy. Um, and, uh, you know, to have more genuine authenticity of the information, all of this information today came from the Walt Disney Family Museum. So, it's a good place to start. Yeah, so I, I felt like it, it's pretty reliable <laughs> in, it, in its nature. So, all right, so let's jump right into the lesser known influences on Walt. And to begin with, I wanted to talk about a book that came out in 1920 uh, by E.G. Lutz, and it was entitled Animated Cartoons, How They Are Made, Their Origin and Development. So remember, 1920, so that was just three years prior to the company being formed. Um, but it was a book that both Walt and uh, I works. Oh, I'm having a tough time today talking. Uh, uh, became familiar. Again, welcome to my world. I know, right? So they became familiar with that book at that time. They, you know, they were you know researching that, and um, you know what they felt like it, it was a really good pragmatic uh, approach to this topic, um, and it emphasized efficient techniques that would save time and money in cartoon production. So that's, you know, one of the things I think that really um, influenced them is that it it gave them some real information, technical kind of information. And as we know, um, Walt was always wanting to up the game on things. And um, Mr. Iwerks was one that was big into technology or big into special effects and things. So, so that book really kind of helped spearhead some of the things that they were going to be uh, working with. Um, now, what was most important about this book, though, is that it convinced Walt that animation's greatest potential was with hand-drawn techniques. Mm. Um, before they were doing like some cutout things and stuff like that. So uh, with this inspiration and his own aspirations, Walt entertained the idea of making his own motion pictures independently. So in 1921, he started experimenting in the family garage. Uh, He borrowed a camera from his boss at the film ad company that he worked. And um, these experiments led to the animated cartoon shorts billed as Newman's Laughograph. And it actually earned Walt $150 uh, with a request to make more of these. So at that time, uh, Walt co-founded KC Studios with another uh, artist, Fred Harmon. Uh, again, this was still during 1921. Uh, but Walt's interest in his own creative and financial independence really made him decide he needed to go off on his own. 
um, and create his own business. So the Laughagram films in the spring of uh, 1922, Walt kind of broke off from his uh, his uh, co-worker there, his co-founder. Um, um, so now kind of as a recap, people already probably know this was around the time that um, he in Kansas, he had secured a contract with pictorial clubs and they offered him $11,000 to create six shorts, which was back then pretty That's substantial. That's good money. Yeah, yeah, that's good money back then yeah. for sure. So they gave Walt an initial payment of $100 to get things rolling. Um, and by the time that the series was actually kind of in, in motion and almost completed, uh, the company pictorial clubs went bankrupt. Oops. So maybe because they're offering eleven thousand yeah, dollars to yeah. somebody who's never done anything right. really significant. <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> so you know, here they got a hundred bucks, and that was it out yeah. of it. Um, so uh, Walt tried to come up with a couple other projects to save his company in Kansas, but um, really wasn't able to keep the company going. Um, so he had to declare bankruptcy on the Laughograms mm. company. Um, and this is, I think, too, where a lot of people hear about. So it was in 1923. Now, Walt was 21 years old that's when this incredible, happened. Incredible, yeah. Right? 21. Think back when you were 21. Oh, that's so what long were you ago. doing? So long ago. <laughs> were you planning to create your own no, company? <laughs> no, that was not. 21 me. Oh, boy. It was just trouble waiting to happen. That's for sure. Uh, but at 21, Walt decided to venture over to Hollywood. And there's some some influences there that I'll talk about shortly. Um, but he admitted that at that point, he really felt like a failure, you know, um, which is, again, pretty mature for a 21 year old to ever think they're a failure, you know, but um, anyways, he, he was quoted saying, uh, and this was, you know, in the future, he was telling about his past, he said, I was a little discouraged with the cartoon at that time. I felt at that time, I thought that I was getting into it too late. In other words, I thought the cartoon business was established in such a way that there was no chance to break into it. So I tried to get a job in Hollywood working in the picture business so I could learn it. And I would have liked to have been a director. Well, in actuality, nobody would hire him in that capacity. So um, although he really did feel burnt out about cartooning and discouraged about his ability to, you know, really make some progress with it, he did feel like it was the most pragmatic thing for him to do because that's where his knowledge base was and everything. Um, so with the help of his brother, Roy, the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio came to be. And that's the first of the companies. Um, and, and Walt decided at that point, if he was going to do it, he's going to really improve the craft and make it something better than it was. So um, in fact, in a letter to a cartoon distributor, Margaret Winkler, he pitched the Alice theme films, mm -hmm. um, describing his desire to inject quality humor, photography, and detail into these comedies. So at that time, he was in Hollywood, but Ub Iwerks was not. So Walt had to convince him to come out to, to Hollywood. A funny little story that I, that I came across is Ub Iwerks spelt his name U-B-B-E, Iwerks. And Walt said to him when he came out, that's not Hollywood enough. <laughs> you have to cut it short, do the UB. And, and he did. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. See, there's something I had no idea. I had no idea that Ub Iwerks' original name was UBBE. Right? <laughs> kind of was always just Ub. I thought that was unique enough. I know. <laughs> so, nope. But uh, that that's, you know, again, one of these little gems that I came across. Now, another probably lesser known fact or maybe not known fact is that there was another Disney family member who had impact on Walt and Roy. And that was their uncle, Robert Disney. He was actually the younger brother of Walt's father. Um, but he had been noted, um, by people as being, uh, from the Disney family as being very influential on Walt's life and his career from childhood. Um, and in fact, he was the person who actually convinced Walt's father to move to Marceline. Hmm. Um, and then years later, when he was in Kansas, he influenced Walt's father to move once again and move out to Kansas. So 
Uncle Robert there uh, was definitely an influencer on the family in creating this history that Walt was actually experiencing that, you know, actually shaped his career and what we know as the in the parks and things like yeah, that. Yeah, just walking right down the middle of Main Street, USA. That's I mean, right. Based on those towns where Walt grew up. So there you go. And yeah. Apparently he wouldn't have been there or possibly wouldn't have been there if it weren't for good old Uncle Rob. Right, exactly. So um, so Robert ended up being a very successful businessman um, and he retired in the early 1920s. Uh, and he actually decided to move to Hollywood first. So... As we know, you know, Roy was always a big influencer for Walt, but Robert Disney was the one when Walt had lost his company in Kansas, um, encouraged Walt to leave there and to start new in Southern California. Um, and so he, he influenced him to come out to Hollywood, you know, be in his area. So uh, between what the family says is his presence, you know, Robert's presence and hospitality really helped Walt transition his, his time to Hollywood and become acclimated to that area as well. Now, interestingly, though, in October of 1923, Again, the beginnings. Uh, Walt and Roy asked their uncle to financially assist with the startup of their studio, and he initially declined. Um, and there's a couple theories that I came across as to why he um, he he actually did refuse. Um, one of them was that they did have some kind of a disagreement on certain things. One of which was there's thought that he may not, he might not have really liked Walt's approach when he came out to, to California in terms of trying to, and I'm air quotes, find a job because it seemed like Walt wasn't really, there were jobs available and Walt wasn't taking them, but Walt was looking for something that he knew he had. He, he may not have known exactly what he wanted, but he knew what he didn't want. And so, um, you know, you can understand coming from a, a successful businessman is like, Hey, you need work. You're, you're, you're staying out here. You need work, get, get a job. Right. And so th that's one of the theories. Um, but anyways, Walt had at one point admitted about his uncle, he said he demanded a lot of respect and I didn't think I gave it to him. Hmm. So. Well, there's the 21 year old in him. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's where me and Walt were, were. We were probably a little bit alike, unfortunately, in that point. Exactly. So, but interestingly, the next month and through December, their uncle made several loans, um, totaling up to $500 to the Disney brothers for their business venture. And actually, uh, Walt and Roy were able to repay their uncle back in January of uh, 1924. So, uh, another piece of history that many are familiar with is how in 1923, Walt was working on those Alice films for this. And, you know, why don't you remind people about what that those Alice films were? Well, the Alice films were kind of a precursor to a lot of the stuff. The let's just let, look, take a look at Mary Poppins, for example, mm -hmm. some of that live action right. and animation kind of um cross between the two they would take Alice and she would go through the looking glass right. essentially and she would be this live action person um within this kind of animated world right um and it was uh just a a fascinating glimpse into what was to come and it was actually a, a really you know you think about it and how how ahead of its time that right. was to kind of do that thing. Right. Um, it's, it's really, really impressive, even though they, you know, they're kind of, I mean, you see bits of them in some of these documentaries or whatever, but trying to find them uh, really widespread is, is not easy nowadays. Right. And I mean, if you think again, you know, Walt was feeling very discouraged about the fact that cartooning was very much established uh, with the, the um, companies that were already doing that, you know, and they had already established how you, you could use animals, you know, in animation with personality and things, you know, and, and so interestingly how Walt, you know, actually back in Kansas had, had decided, Hey, let's, let's mingle live right. action and cartooning, uh, to make it that more unique approach to the, that, those types of films. So. Yeah. Something different than everybody else has already seen in the past. Right. And, you know, so. Very cool. 
Yeah. So kind of little, uh, you know, fast forward here. The Alice films obviously were very successful. Um, and by 1927, now we mentioned the, the distributor, Margaret Winkler, which is who Walt first pitched these Alice series to that she was going to distribute. She had married Charles Mintz. Um, and he and Walt, you know, historically, we, we know they, were, they had conflicts. They just didn't see eye to eye. Um, however, um, he did plan to um, take Walt's idea of having a feature film now, um, animated film, and distribute it through Universal. Now, Walt knew this was going to be really good for him. Um, you know, so despite having conflicts with, with Charles Mintz, he knew that this plan of being with Universal would, you know, open up this distribution much wider, um, bring it into more prestigious theaters and saw that this was a good thing. So kind of, you know, stuck with him. Um, and it was actually Mintz who was pretty insistent that there be a rabbit character and that be the star. And actually, he was the one directing it to be called Oswald. So now I think everybody pretty much knows the story of Oswald. You know, the Disney brothers lost the, the opportunity to continue, you know, the rights to having Oswald. And so, you know, again, this was another big blow, another big disappointment to Walt and Roy to have such a successful character and then have to give it up, you know, and, you know, obviously a silver lining that turned out wonderful was that Walt then created Mickey Mouse. Mm -hmm. But at the time, this was pretty devastating. Um, and also, you know, a, a few years around this time, there started to become some creative differences between Walt and Ub. And actually, um, Ub decided to you know, go off and get signed on with another company. And unbeknownst to him, he was actually going in with a company um, that was owned by Pat Powers, uh, who was the co-founder of Universal Pictures. And that kind of obviously was a, a big issue because of, you know, one, what was going on with Oswald, um, but also that um, they were also having conflicts with Walt when trying to put out Steamboat Willie. So it just seemed that like, no matter what Walt was trying to do to move forward, he was coming up with these obstacles. Yeah, which can't be easy. I mean, it's tough enough to get started in the business and they keep throwing bricks at your head, essentially, yes. you know, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Right, right. So um, interestingly enough, though, um, the family does admit that Ub went to Roy, actually, and apologized and said, he would never have gone into uh, working with that that person, that individual, had he known that was the actual <laughs> person of the company he was going to be working with. So, um, you know, and, and eventually he did come back to work with Walt and the company and, you know, and just took things off the ground like crazy at that point. But it was interesting to see how that, um, you know, friends and work, co-workers had their their bumpy road at the time and just again how these things were you know hitting Walt and despite all that he just kept persevering per per persevering right so but anyways you know as we know when you when you come up with the the school of hard rocks hitting you um and then you do have success it's just that much sweeter I love the school of hard rock <laughs> <laughs> Hard knocks. <laughs> Maybe oh, funny. that's a different school. I know, I know. <laughs> so anyways, um, just want to share uh, uh, one other, couple other fun facts is that Roy is actually the one who was credited for naming the company. Um, and, and, and in fact, several of the names. So in 1923, you know, calling it the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio. Uh, in 1926, it became the Walt Disney Studios at Roy's request. And in 1927, they were incorporated as the Walt Disney Productions Limited. So um, those are kind of some of the things. I, I just kind of want to wrap up with something else. Um, we had the opportunity at a book signing to actually meet Dave Smith, who was kind of the or originator of the archives. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we were lucky enough to get an autograph uh, of his book, uh, Disney Secret Facts Revealed. Um, and so I actually went to that book 
to look at some of the, the Q&As that may relate to the topic that we were just uh, sharing with you. And, and I found a couple, just not too many, but a couple of questions and kind of wanted to go over those. Cool. Thanks. I'm looking forward to hearing it. So um, now these are questions that people, you know, from all over the world would send to Dave Smith and ask him and he would select some to answer and then publish them in different books. So the, the first one that I was going to share with you is he, he, somebody wrote, why did Roy O. Disney want to change the name from Disney Brothers to the Walt Disney Company? And um, Dave Smith said, this was a question I asked Roy one of the first times I sat down in his office to talk with him in 1970. He told me that since Walt was the creative one, it was Walt's name that should be on the company. <laughs> Roy never really wanted to be out in the front, right. even just as the brother. Right, exactly. He just wanted True. to handle the money. Right. So uh, another question somebody wrote that I thought was kind of intriguing. Um, he wrote, Dear Dave, I noticed that Charles Muntz, the villain in Disney Pixar's Up, shares a name remarkably similar. I was thinking that same thing. Really? Yeah. To the Walt Disney's universal distributor, Charles Mintz. Is there any direct relationship or is this sheer coincidence? Also, is it true that the character was based off of Errol Flynn? So this is Dave's response. Um, according to designer Albert Lozano, if you were to blend Errol Flynn, Clark Gable, Howard Hughes, and Walt Disney into one heroic 1930s man, you would come up with Charles Muntz. I've never heard the name was based on Charles Mintz. Hmm. I know. Maybe not heard that, but... Hmm. Yeah, he didn't really... Hmm. He didn't really... He, he never confirmed hmm. nor denied. Yes. <laughs> uh, another question was, what was the first Disney-based merchandise on the market? And Dave Smith said, there was an Oswald stencil set, candy bar, and pin back button, all licensed through Universal, which owned and distributed the Disney Oswald cartoon. The first Mickey Mouse item was a writing tablet. I, I remember that. I remember that the writing tablet was the first Mickey thing that was yeah, for sale. Yeah, yeah. So, and that kind of... Of all things. Right. Well, it kind of came from Walt's head where, you know, somebody wanted something with, you know, with like his letterhead and his signature. Right. But anyways. Cool. And so we have one last question that I wanted to share with you. Um, of a question sent to Dave Smith and the person wrote, I recently took a tour of the amazing Franz Bakery in Portland, Oregon. The tour guy said that the building across the street, which they owned, once housed the Vogan Candy Company. She further explained that when a young Walt Disney was in Portland, he designed a bunny mascot for the Vogan that they used on their wrappers. Is there any truth to this story? And Dave Smith wrote, the Vogan Candy Company in Portland was the manufacturer of one of only three merchandise items featuring Disney's Oswald the Lucky Rabbit in 1927. Universal was the distributor of the cartoon and their merchandising man in the Pacific Northwest, F.F. Vincent, had convinced the Vogan that they should do an Oswald candy bar to tie it in with the cartoon. According to one report, it was a very tasty confection <laughs> called the Milk Chocolate Frap Bar, featuring Oswald's picture and selling for five cents. The candy bar was a very popular was very popular, becoming the best selling one that the Vogan had produced. I guess Oswald was pretty lucky for the Vogan Candy Company. I huh? guess so. <laughs> warranted that name as the lucky rabbit. Right. So but anyways, so there you have it, a look back at kind of the influences that Walt and Roy experienced to create their company. Very good. Disney 100 at the beginning, at yeah. the start. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of this coming up here. I mean, we've got about a year right. and, until we actually get to that uh, birthday, the official uh, birthday, 100th birthday of the Walt Disney Company. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about the history that's led up through the many decades that have this, this fantastic company that we love so much. Um, and Michelle's research, always the best <laughs> research, as you just heard. So looking forward to more of that in the future, for sure. Well, thank you, honey. I'm looking forward to creating this series. So that is our kickoff of our Disney at 100 series, How It All Started. Great job.
job, sweetheart. Once again, you always do such a fantastic job with the research. I always learn so many new things every single time. Even if I think I know a lot of that stuff, <laughs> there's always several little gems that I pick out that I had no idea existed. So well, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. You're Good sweet. Job. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and get to our Disney stories of the week. I have a couple for you this week. I'm going to start with, we now know when you'll be able to use Magic Band Plus at the mm -hmm. happiest place on earth. This is exciting. We've been waiting for a long time for Magic Band of some sort to yes. be able to be used at the Disneyland Resort. For those of you who are just, you know, you just go to Walt Disney World, you haven't gone to Disneyland. They have not had the benefit of using a Magic Band. So I know. Well, and yet years ago, I remember that we saw the, the posts with the little scanners, yeah. um, but never being used. Seemed like it was possibly right around the bend, but it's taken a little longer. But yes. now we know when it's officially happening. This is from the Disney Parks blog. They say... Magic Band Plus will make its momentous West Coast debut when it launches at the Disneyland Resort on October 26th, 2022. So less than two weeks right? away from about 10 days away from when we're recording this episode. Uh, if you're heading to the Disneyland Resort, you'll be able to use Magic Band Plus to get into the parks, to scan for photo pass, to... Right trigger all sorts of interesting things hunt that might happen how for bun how for hunt for bounties easy for me to say <laughs> yes uh that's gonna be so much fun so they say eligible cast members magic key holders and disney vacation club members will have the opportunity to be among the first to purchase magic band plus at the disneyland resort from select locations and get a first look at its features before the official launch uh, starting on October 19th, select merchandise locations around the Disneyland Resort will have Magic Band Plus available for purchase with the presentation of a valid photo ID plus a valid company issue ID or a Disney Vacation Club membership or a Magic Key Pass. So you can get a little bit of a jump on this right. if you have a membership in, in one of those various regions. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't know, for those of you who are you know Disneyland fans, never been to Walt Disney World Resort, uh, you can use this to kind of tap your band and that'll get you into the parks. Right. Your mission, if you tie it into your um, Disneyland app as well. And it'll also, like I said, it will work for if you're using Genie Plus for lightning lanes, whether it's either the ones that you uh, schedule through Genie Plus or whether you buy individual lightning lanes, right. you can use it that way. Uh, there's PhotoPass photography um, ability to use it. So when you just go and get your photo taken, they'll just tap the band right there and they'll know right where to put those photos when they're done. Uh, plus, it's going to do a lot of stuff like light up and do different uh, vibrations and color changing for various different things throughout the park, including their brand new nighttime spectaculars. Of course, first World of Color and a Fantasmic, but also when it comes out here on January 27th of 2023 as part of that Disney 100 mm -hmm. um, celebration, World of Color 1 at Disney California Adventure Park and Wondrous Journeys at Disneyland. And as Michelle alluded to already, you will also be able to use it at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to do a little bit of bounty hunting. We told yes. you a little bit about that a few weeks ago. We did that at the Walt Disney World Resort. Well, now that is coming to the Disneyland Resort as well, along with your Magic Band Plus. Right. So cool. Yeah. So happy for them. Yes. So I uh, definitely want to check it out. They say they're going to have a lot more things to come. And by the way, if you are a Walt Disney World uh, visitor and you bought a Magic Band Plus, yes, it will carry over to the Disneyland Resort and vice versa. So it, you can use it at both. You don't have to buy a separate one for right. Disneyland and a separate one for Walt Disney World. They will work in both locations. Now they have different designs that you might want to purchase for you know, mm -hmm. a Disneyland specific design, a Walt Disney World specific design, whatever. But either way, they'll carry over. Oh, and they recharge just so you know, you, you can recharge those. Um, yeah, and, which know, is so a great the battery part won't that. run out. Well, the battery will run out. Um, you may want to make sure you bring that extra charger with right. you, for, especially if you're going to do like the bounty hunters and use your phone as well. Uh, bring that external battery pack along to help charge either your Magic Band Plus or your phone for sure. Right. And it's a separate charger like link. So it's not with something that you typically use either with a Apple or Android product. Right. They, so. they have their own little attachment to, right. to uh, hook it to your magic band plus and you want to charge those every night when you're at your staying at the resort or whatever yes. so they're all fully ready to go for the next day so but it yeah. is great that it is rechargeable like which you know from you know having magic bands for a long time at at walt disney world that you know once the battery 
was done on it, you couldn't recharge it. And so it was kind of like, okay, yeah. this is... It was always my concern because especially if you hadn't been in, used it in a few months or whatever, right. it's been a while since you went on a Disney vacation, you're breaking out this old favorite magic band of yours. It's like the first time you went through the entryway, it's like, okay, is this magic band going to work? Is the battery still good <laughs> on it? Usually it was fine. They lasted a long time. Yeah, a long time. Um, but I was still always my, my worry about it is right. like not knowing for sure if it was going to be charged up, if there's going to have any charge left and it was going right. to work. Yeah, so, exactly. You, cool. you always had to have a backup ready yep, just in case. Exactly. Or you know, on the phone now or whatever, mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that is good news. And I'm excited to be able to use our Magic Bands Plus at the next time we visit the Disneyland mm -hmm, Resort. Right. Yes. Exactly. For sure. Uh, moving on, we continue our tradition of making ourselves hungry during the show because <laughs> we've got some more Walt Disney World Resort menu additions that came out yeah. this week. There was some really good stuff here, so I definitely want to check it all out. This again from the Disney Parks blog. They say, let's kick things off at the Disney's Grand Californian Resort, or excuse me, Grand Floridian Resort. Boy, <laughs> I'm already in, stuck in Disneyland right. motion. Disney's Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, where the Enchanted Rose has some new additions. Uh, this Beauty and the Beast-inspired lounge is expanding its menu with some elegant yet whimsical offerings, including a charcuterie board, mm -hmm. artisanal cheese selection, and hummus with tapenade, uh, plus smoked paprika and grilled pita bread. There are also some standouts among these offerings. The smoked trout and crab dip features salmon roe, chive oil, and sesame seed lavash combined into a beautiful and tasty dish. It was beautiful looking the pictures yeah. they showed online. Right, it yeah. Sounds tasty. Smoked trout and crab. That's that's for me. Now mm -hmm. for Michelle, this next dish is for her. <laughs> if you like caviar or have always wanted to try it, this version includes Siberian caviar and egg yolk spread, creme fraiche, uh, caper berries, and brioche. So that was that's right up Michelle's alley. Yeah. She loves her caviar. I do love my caviar. She loved it, especially like when in Palo Brunch and you could just get all this caviar I there. Know. She was always so excited. Yeah. That was her favorite. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it was her favorite thing, but it was one of the things that made her most excited when yeah, she yeah. to Palo Brunch on yeah. Disney Cruise Line. When you could, you know, self serve and right. just yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, finally, the seasonal flatbread is deliciously topped with artichoke, fig, ricotta, and roasted garlic and watercress. It'll always look good like a good seasonal mm -hmm. flatbread for sure. Uh, taking a little trip down south to New Orleans through the taste buds at Disney's Port Orleans Resort Riverside. You'll yeah, these were my favorite yeah, sounding these were dishes. Good. Uh, this was uh, from uh, Boatwright's Dining Hall. They'll be changing some new stuff there um, with more authentic Cajun and Southern flavors on the menu. Uh, for the entree, the Low Country Seafood Boil is a classic filled with shrimp, mussels, and andouille sausage with corn on the cob and potatoes simmered in a spicy Cajun broth served with a tasty toasted baguette to finish it all off. Mm -hmm. That looked very good. Gosh, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, the slow-roasted blackened prime rib is perfectly topped with Cajun butter and served with classic mashed potatoes and seasonal vegetables, something for a little heartier that you right. might enjoy for sure. If all these flavors have your mouth watering, you'll want to uh, also be sure and order the taste of the bayou. This chef's all-you-care-to-enjoy platter with hickory-smoked pork ribs, crispy Cajun chicken, smoked sausage, barbecue beef brisket, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, roasted corn with Cajun butter, and seasonal vegetables. Mm -hmm. That is too much food, but it all yeah. sounds delicious for sure. Uh, this is the one that called out to me. Uh, for those who want a plant-based offering, try the Harvest bean, Red Beans and Rice. This dish features red beans simmered with plant-based sausage, peppers, onions, and celery served over rice along with cornbread. Yum. Yes. Yes, that's... I love a good red beans and rice. Right, exactly. It's a simple dish, but it is so tasty and good. Yeah. I love it so much. And I love that they're, you know, focusing on having interesting plant-based options. Right. I love the expansion of the plant-based right. stuff throughout the Disney resorts sure. for sure. They've been they're they're much better at getting things out there for those that are either vegetarian, sometimes vegan, mm -hmm. or just you know are just looking to do something a little different. Maybe not have as much meat on their diet. Um, yeah, having yet, some moderation yeah. there when you're yep. visiting, and yet still have a, a lot of great flavors as well. Right, so definitely good stuff. They go on to say, no meal is complete without dessert, and this new menu is not to be missed. You can choose between, they say, the Southern Cheesecake, which is a classic vanilla cheesecake with a bourbon caramel sauce garnished with pecan and praline brittle. That sounds mm -hmm. delicious. Mm -hmm. 
They also have the plant-based peach blackberry cobbler, which they say is a classic peach and blackberry cobbler topped with blackberry sorbet. Or you could try the Mississippi uh, mud creme brulee, which is a milk chocolate creme brulee with a Sable Breton cookie and fresh fruit. And for the little ones, the dessert menu. I love the cute names of these, so I may want yes, to try them I as know. not being a little one. <laughs> uh, it's a boatload of fun with the row, row, or your boat <laughs> Sunday, And the cookies and milk featuring two house-made chocolate chip cookies, which yeah. is, I'm, I'm just, I that's know. like, that's like speaks to me. I'm simple. Just give me a couple <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. I'm good. I don't need a fancy, fancy dessert. No fancy or dancy, huh? No. I mean, I like a fancy dessert. Yes. But just give me two good chocolate chip cookies, nice warm ones. I'm good. I'm happy. So Uh, this resort is also the home for the River Roost Lounge. And beginning uh, this week, they will be offering a new plant-based dish with a signature libation. The spinach and artichoke dip will be a new plant-based favorite with a creamy dip served with Cajun dusted cornbread crostini and the French 75 for those over 21 is a fizzy delight made of Argyle sparkling brute Hendrix gym, fresh lemon juice and pure cane sugar. I know you like your gin. That sounds like a drink that you might enjoy for sure. Give that one a try. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just a quick trip over to Disney's Port Orleans resort in French quarter is where you can uh, find the scat cats club lounge and they'll be introducing plant-based offerings that are short of jazz with diners of all diets. The sassy sassy, Sasagula sliders <laughs> yeah, don't good. just look delicious, but taste delicious too. This trio features uh, barbecue jackfruit with slaw and fried pickles, fried green tomatoes with jardinera and pepper jelly. And lastly, a fish cake, fish in quotes, since it's plant-based, right. fish cake with spicy remoulade and arugula. Those look really delicious yes. for sure. Uh, heading over to Disney's Riviera Resort, there's some new fantastic uh, additions to the Bar Riva over there, which mm-hmm. we've visited before and yep, enjoy their stuff that. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new burrata salad is perfect for those who are cheese lovers with heirloom tomatoes, fresh pesto, and focaccia bread. For sure, I'd be all over there. Yeah. Uh, this looks really good. If you're feeling for a fish dish, the salmon with orzo is one for you. This plate serves up perfectly seared salmon with pomo derecio and tepanot and lemon orzo mm-hmm. sounds very good yummy yummy um i love this i this is one of my favorite things and something that i would definitely order the mushroom arancini which will leave you wanting more with risotto mushroom cheese and truffle yes truffle served with a house made marinara if you don't know what arancini is it's just deep fried risotto and it's so <laughs> good it is it is heaven it is so good uh, finally, you can give your meal the proper finish with a dessert that you won't be able to get enough of. The molten chocolate cake is the new addition that you'll be thankful you tried. Of course, it's a warm chocolate cake with a molten center. And it's topped with a raspberry sauce and fresh raspberries. So mm. delicious. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of always like a, a little vanilla, like right. a little ice cream or something along those lines with that. But uh, I could definitely see where you get that nice, refreshing right. um, bite of the uh, the raspberry sauce to kind of complement the richness of the chocolate cake, kind of break that yeah. up. I think that'd be very good. Yep. So that's it. Uh, it seems like there's new food coming to the, all these different lounges yeah. and spots throughout the Walt Disney World Resort every so week. Exciting. And they always get me so hungry. I know. I know. It's so Looking forward to trying a lot of these newer, newer dishes. Yes, we've got a lot of places to hit up the next time we get out there for sure. We already <laughs> wanted to when we went out there this week, hit up the Wilderness Lodge and try some of the stuff there, but it just wasn't working with our schedule when yeah, the, uh, some of the new stuff yeah. opened up. But we are looking forward to trying that out. Some of the stuff we mentioned to you last week and all this uh, sounds really fantastic yeah. as well. We just need a we just need another week out there again, and yeah, maybe it, we're just to eat. I we know, don't even right? need to go to the parks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just resort hop and lounge hop right. and, and try all this wonderful food. Exactly. For sure. Love for that. Sure. Finally, I just have one more quick note for you on our Disney stories of the week. And that is that we found out that Fantasmic mm-hmm. will be returning Yay. to the Walt Disney World Resort sometime next month, sometime in November. We didn't get a specific date for it, but you know, it's coming. It's almost yeah. here. It's right around the corner. For those of you who are Fantasmic fans, you are soon going to be able to watch it once again at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah, especially for all those folks coming out for 
you know, the Christmas time and seeing all the Christmas decorations, here's another show you'll get to experience. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it drops uh, right before Thanksgiving. Time. Right. It makes yeah. sense as we get guests out for that right. period. That that would be a good time right around that time point to for get sure. it going back there. I'm sure we'll get some more details and actual official date coming very, very soon. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help on your next vacation. And when we do this, well, we always start with Michelle because she's awesome, wonderful, <laughs> all things great in the world. Yeah. She's a fantastic Padres fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she has the best list. You just heard she does the best research, Ooh. but she definitely has the very best tips. So let's get to it. Here's Michelle's tip of the week. Well, I think I had mentioned last week uh, when doing research for Disney Cruise Line that, you know, I still had some one more piece of information to share with you. And this one I think I've actually used in the past, but kind of good to do a refresher is that uh, if you are going on a, a voyage to know that bottle warmers and sterilizers are among the prohibited items for the cruise. They do have some uh, on board. It's a, they're given out on a first come first service so basis. So the tip is go straight to guest services when you board um, and, and let them know that. They also can provide complimentary diaper disposal units, cribs, and play pens. So um, just want to make sure people don't get, you know, as they're trying to go through security and, and get, get on board that something is being carried on that, you know, you might think it's available to take, but it isn't. Right. That's a good point because it's some things you never think of. You just expect that that's okay. But right. because of fire being such an issue mm-hmm. uh, aboard a cruise ship, it's such a danger. They try and avoid anything that could heat up and possibly cause a fire right, within the right. cabins. That's why they do that. And yeah. So um, just know that going in. So definitely good information and stuff you should know if you have a really, really little one that you're right. bringing, bringing on. So Exactly. Very good, Michelle's tip. Always the best tip. Funny enough, my tip is also Disney Cruise Line based, even though we really didn't talk about Disney Cruise Line today. But I I did one, and it's also one I think we have brought up in the past. And it's just a quick way to save just a little bit of money when you're on a Disney cruise. And, you know, one of the best things about Disney Cruise is going to either see the the great stage shows Mm -hmm. that they have there or going to get to see the, you know, the first run movies that they show within the theaters there. And when you go there, well, of course, you know, you're going to want to have a little snack while you're watching those movies. Well, there's those snacks will start to add up yes. as you go to these shows, as you go to these movies. If you're buying the popcorn, if you're buying the snacks right. from outside there. So here's my suggestion to you. Pack those things ahead of time. Bring <laughs> some popcorn on board. Bring some snacks on board that you can break out for the little ones or yourselves when you go into the theater to see these shows or to go into the movie theater and right. see this, you'll save, believe me, a ton of money off of purchasing them there. There's nothing wrong with purchasing on board, but if you can cut a little bit into that, there's enough you're going to spend money on to begin with. Why not save a little there? Another great way to do this is just to go hit up like the buffet, right? You know, during the day and pick up some things that you might want to snack on some when you're there. Yeah, some cookies, some you know, blocks. Of, they have little samples of cheese right. there and crackers and things like that. You can bring those things into the theaters right. as well and enjoy them there. Uh, you can even do it through room service. They order, you know, you can order the cookies through room service, no extra charge. Just right. that, you know, you should tip uh, your steward or whomever uh, room service attendant who brings those to you a buck or two. But you can get those too. You can right. get them ordered up right before you go to the theater and just bring those right in. So, right. Um, just another way to kind of save just a little bit of extra money when you're on your Disney cruise. That's a good one, honey. Nice. You know, and as long as the food that you're bringing on board is already sealed up, it's not like homemade, right? Um, you know, but it's it's prepackaged, then you're good to go. Yeah, for sure. So you can go ahead and, like I said, pick up some bags of popcorn. Yeah. You know, before you go or on cracker board, jacks. cracker jacks, whatever, anything <laughs> that you enjoy snacking on. Um, one in your cabin, but right. two also when you're uh, at these great shows, you know, and again, especially for the little ones, uh, that are going to want the popcorn when you're going right. in and you find out what the price is every single time you got to go into one of these shows, um, just being able to break one out from your suitcase right. or whatever, uh, will end up saving you a lot of money in the long run. Good so point. No that going in. That's it for this week's show next week. Well, we're kind of trying to formulate still the topic. It's going to be something Halloween related because we are quickly approaching this spooky night out for everybody. (laughs) 
We have some possible ideas. We're just trying to pinpoint exactly how we want to express it. But either way, it is going to be a fun topic next week. For sure. For sure. Because we love Halloween. That's right. It'll be some fun. So as for today's show, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. And while you're there... Please sign up for our newsletter and thanks for those who have recently signed up. Yes, please sign up for the newsletter and yes. Or thank newer you for people, I everybody who's signed up, signed up, including those new people who have signed up for the newsletter. It's just another great way to be involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another fantastic way is to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I apologize for all the social media Padres tweets. <laughs> they are going to continue for at least another week here, at least, a, at least for four more nights. But I promise we'll, we'll be slowing those down very soon. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you are on Facebook, please come over and join us for some good positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Yeah, and if you're on there, please tell a friend also. Yes, uh, just uh, come on in and enjoy some of the positivity we are sharing on that Facebook group for sure. Also, uh, we are on YouTube. If you want to find us there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account. Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we love hearing from you. And if you have an opportunity to give and haven't done so yet, give our our show here a review or and uh, five star review is the best. Uh, it's and, the only one. <laughs> that's right. Just kidding. You know, do, or, what you, do what you feel is right. Or even just tell a friend or family member about the podcast. Yes, uh, that is the easiest way that you let other people know that this podcast exists, that they might be something they enjoy. Maybe they're planning a trip to Disney. Whatever, they just want to get yeah. more in the Disney spirit. Uh, we would happy to, happy to have everyone on board, whether it's just to listen to one episode, whether it's to listen to several episodes, whether it's to subscribe and listen to our episodes for eternity. <laughs> I think we're digressing really quickly. Yes, <laughs> it was a late night last night. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.